Captain Clutch, Clutch once again. I'll tell you why the Bearcats win in UCF yesterday is significant. Plus, I'm going to give you the best case and worst case scenarios for Bearcats football in 2023. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's rev those engines. It's another week, a brand new week here on Lockdown Bearcats. I'm Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. That's what Lockdown Bearcats is a part of. And we are presented today by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college terms and conditions apply. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. Cincinnati picking up a massive quad one win yesterday down in Orlando. David DeJulius, Captain Clutch with a game-winning running floater with just two-tenths of a second remaining. A gutsy win by the Cincinnati Bearcats and a significant win. When you consider that UCF, is a quad one team this year, according to the net rankings, at least as of yesterday, they were a quad one team at the time of this recording. But UCF is going to the Big 12 with Cincinnati. UCF isn't going anywhere. I mean, I told my mom and dog yesterday that UCF, I I can't stand when the Bearcats play them in any sport, football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I mean, at some point, I might not even be able to stand when we play them in checkers. But UCF is such a pesky opponent. Like, they're always right there. You can't ever get rid of them. They don't, they're not terrible in anything. And they're certainly not terrible in basketball. And the Bearcats have swept them this year. Two gutsy, ballsy wins. Each time the Bearcats score 73 points, each time they have to fight tooth and nail to win the game, they're in control most of the way. You think they're going to win. Then they uh, either give up the lead or let UCF tie the game, and you're thinking, here we go again, but not this time. Or in the wise words of Brian Billick, not today. The Bearcats picking up their 18th win of the regular season. That's significant because that's more games than they won Last year in the regular season, the Bearcats picking up their ninth win in conference play. That's significant. They're guaranteed a winning or at least a 500 conference record. And they now have an opportunity to finish conference play with a winning road record. For all the for all the lumps this team has taken this season, they're still in position to have a winning record on the road in conference play. Now, the game yesterday, David DeJulius, Captain Clutch. David DeJulius yesterday, 16 points, 8 assists, a steal, and 5 rebounds, 6 of 6 from the line, only 5 of 11 from the field. And here's what I love the most. He did all of that without attempting a 3. And you can say, well, why do you love that? I just think that's fascinating. Your best player or your most valuable player getting 16 points, including the game winner, without taking a three on 11 shot attempts? It's one thing if you only take five shots and and none of them are a three, 
but take 11 shots and you'll attempt a three. That's called good shot selection. So Buddy only made five shots. He made six free throws. Six free throws in a two-point game? That, <laughs> that adds up. David DeJulius is without question this team's most valuable player. Eight assists. Again, what he's doing right now is unbelievable stuff. And I was thinking about this after the game. We're getting to a point this late in the season where we got to start thinking about because DeJulius is not coming back next season, unfortunately. What his legacy at the University of Cincinnati is going to be, it's going to be a pretty strong legacy, I think. More on that much later on this season. But what he did yesterday, just unbelievable stuff. Clutch, poise, leadership, everything on display. But this win was sheer guts and sheer will. The Bearcats, I I never thought they played pretty. They turned the ball over 15 times. Landers Notley, who's in a slump, although he did have a good game yesterday. Seven turnovers. Bearcats turned the ball over 15 times. 15 times. All of them coming from the starters. Now, here's the here's the interesting thing about this. If you look at the box score, you'll see that 71 of the 73 points came from the starters. You'll also see that 14 of the 15 turnovers came from the starters. 13 assists, you'll see that 11 of those came from the starters. The starters did a majority of the work today. In fact, the bench only attempted eight shots of the Bearcats' 53. They only attempted eight shots. Eight shots. Five of the 15 threes came from the bench. Four of those from Davenport. The Bearcats were in team today. They only played three of uh, uh, 10 players, 10 players. I'm sorry, nine players, nine players yesterday. And they came out of UCF with a win. They came out of UCF, a team that they beat just 16 days ago. And that UCF team yesterday was healthier. They had Michael Durr back. They had been playing much better. They were playing at home in their Space U uniforms which I think are actually pretty cool. And they beat them. They came out of Orlando, a place where they had not won since 2020, first year under John Brandon. Even that game wasn't easy. I remember that game. Since 2017, they have lost four of the previous six meetings in Orlando. Orlando's not an easy place to play. It is not. Weather change in the middle of winter, UCF's got a good fan base. They're going to the Big 12 next year. And you come out of there with a win after what happened Wednesday night and all the adversity you're dealing with? Wes Miller said it best on the postgame show yesterday on 700 WLW. When Dan Horde asked him what he was most proud of, he said this team's resilience. And this team, yes, it has maybe frustrated you all season. A lot of times this season. It's frustrated me. I was very frustrated on Wednesday. And I didn't like having to go to where I went with this team. Comparing Wednesday's game to the Bengals-Chargers game on my eighth birthday in 2006 when the Chargers scored 42 points to overcome a 28-7 deficit. I didn't like having to write that column if you read it on all Bearcats. Talking about how the Bearcats have conditioned you as a fan, including me, to think, yeah, they're going to blow this again. But... 
Sunday, yesterday was not that. Yesterday was this team finding a way. It wasn't pretty down the stretch. The Bearcats turned the ball over twice, two egregious turnovers. They made you think they were going to find a way to lose the game, but they didn't. David Julius got the ball in his hands and did what he had to do to will this team to victory, and that is what senior leaders do. And this team has been immensely fun to watch this season. At the time of this recording, I know I'm running long on this segment, but at the time of this recording, the Bearcats are still in fourth place in the American Athletic Conference. They got a huge test, which we'll talk about much more this week, Wednesday night against Temple. Both teams are 9-6 and six in American Athletic Conference play. But the Bearcats are still vying for that four spot, top four seeds. They're vying for a first-run bye in the conference tournament. Maybe, just maybe, they can find a way to get that three seed. They still got another game with Memphis. Tulane still has five games left to play. Bearcats only have three. There's still a lot of basketball left to play. And that's why this win is significant. This team did not give in. They didn't play overly well yesterday. I'm going to watch the film for a better take on the game, but they found a way. That's what matters. Coming up, my three stars of the game. We'll get into that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I've got a lot of hiring stories from Bearcast Media. When I was sports director, we posted the jobs, who we were looking for, what we were looking for, what skills we were looking for, and it just made everything so much easier, and we had immense success at Bearcast because LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data, by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates, identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect them, connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. We got big goals in 2023 and I'm a firm believer in the right team member helping us do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Before I get to my three stars of the game, I, I want you all to just think about something. So we are two weeks, there are only two weeks remaining in the regular season, and this is the absolute best time of the year. Because you're getting to the point where every conference game matters, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule Saturday night, the last two weeks of the season. You've got some incredible matchups. And you as a Bearcats fan, including me, the Bear the Bearcats, I don't know if they're going to make the tournament or not. It's going to be hard playing in the American Athletic Conference. But a year from now, 
if the Bearcats are, not, are 18 and 10 and 9 and 6 in the Big 12, just imagine how much fun that's going to be for you, for me. It is going to be unbelievable playing in marquee games on Big Monday, Super Tuesday. I mean, Saturday, college game day, potentially. I mean, in the best conference in America, vying for an NCAA tournament spot. Oh, that's going to be incredible. But why not enjoy it now? Why not enjoy it right now? Yes, the Bearcats NCAA tournament chances are slim. But they still have a chance. Who's to say they can't go into the tournament and win? I mean, I'm listening during my film review of the East Carolina game. Cy Seymour, the color analyst on ESPN Plus for ECU broadcasts, he was praising the Bearcats all game. He thought, I mean, he was saying this team can win the conference tournament. This team is, you know, positioning itself well to make a run. I mean, you would have thought he was a Bearcats fan or a Bearcats commentator. And this team still has that chance. But ask yourself this. Ask yourself, how much fun are you going to have over the next two weeks and the conference tournament? How much fun are you going to have next year in the Big 12 when your final two weeks could include any combination of four teams, whether they're in the Big 12 currently or not? How much fun are you going to have on game day leading up to the game? It is going to be incredible. I mean, for me being a third generation Bearcat, I mean, my family's going to have an incredible time with that. And I hope you are too. Now, three stars of the game. I mean, March Madness is an unbelievable time of year. And when your team is in it, when your team is in it, let me tell you, it is it is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable experience. I've experienced it many times. I miss that feeling. And I hope to get it back. And I hope you get to feel it too. Three stars of the game. First up, David DeJulius. I mean, no question about it. 16 points, including the game winner. Eight assists. One steal. 33 minutes of play. How he only got a plus minus of minus two. I, I I don't know. I mean, now you know why I don't do plus minus. But what you're seeing from David DeJulius, he is just putting this team on his back. The Bearcats didn't lose the game on Wednesday night last week because of David DeJulius. The Bearcats have not lost any game this year because of David DeJulius. The Bearcats have won games thanks to David DeJulius, and this is the latest example of that. David DeJulius has been the heart and soul of this team for three years. And yesterday, backs against the wall, you lose yesterday. I don't even want to know the conversation we're having today. David DeJulius won this team the game. Backs against the wall, you just lost a heartbreaker to ECU. The season might be off the rails if you lose. Now you've got something to play for. I don't know if the Bearcats are going to finish third or second. What I'm focused on is this team over their, over their last three games, finishing strong and going into the conference tournament with momentum. You beat Temple, you'll get some. 
Memphis, who knows how long Kendrick Davis is going to be out. And who's to say the Bearcats can't go in there and win? Who's to say they can't go into the FedEx Forum and win? They've won big games there. I've seen them win big games there. I saw the conference tournament in 2019. And then you got SMU at home. That's a winnable game. Not only that, you're going to have momentum. You're going to have rest. Those are two things that you need in the month of March. The second of which, if you can get, even better. But we look at what David DeJulius is doing. Over his last... um, You want to go back to... Okay, so he only had two assists against Temple. But since that game, assist totals. 6, 5, 12, 5, 7, 6, 9, 9, 7, 8, 9, 5, 8. Kidding me? 144 assists this season. In 28 games. 144 assists in 28 games. And really over his last seven games. 9, 9, 7, 8, 9, 5, 8. That is 55 assists. Sorry. 55 assists in his last seven games. That's almost eight assists per game. And right now this season, he's averaging 5.1 assists per game. Not only is he scoring, and by the way, he had, by the way, in his last, in his last nine games, I think. Yeah, nine games. His last nine games hasn't scored below 11, 10 points. Double digits in every game. Double digits this season in every game except, looks like, five. So, he still is absolutely this team's most valuable player. 14.4 points per game. One of four Bearcats in double figures this season. Star number two. Give me Kalui Zikpe. And Kalui Zikpe, I feel like, has gotten a lot of bad rap this season. Why? Playing in place of Victor Locken, starting in place of Victor Locken, 12 points, 4 of 6 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. That shouldn't mean something. It does. 6 rebounds in 22 minutes. How, how do you not like that performance? With your best with, with your best post player out, Kalui Zikpe does what he does on the road. Big time stuff, man. I'm telling you. For a guy who Russ has come on this show and has said this, has been essentially in the doghouse this season, he's had his struggles. But ever since Victor Locken has gone down, he's come in and he's been incredible. We look at what he's done. Since Victor Lockett went down. And here's a guy who I think we had some expectations for coming into this season. Really hasn't led up to them. Except of late. Since the South Florida game. His scoring's gone up every game. 5, 8, 12. Field goal percentage. I'm sorry, field goals. 2 of 8, 4 of 5, 4 of 6. Rebounds 8, 3, 6. Fouls, okay, he picked up four fouls against ECU, but only two against South Florida and three against UCF. He's really coming along. And when Victor Locken comes back, how he's going to be used, you have another piece in the interior. 
if Lockin gets in foul trouble, which has happened at times this season, if Odio Guama gets in foul trouble, which has happened, speaking of which, Odio Guama, third star of the game, another perfect effort from the field. Seven of seven from the floor in 15 minutes of play, highest plus minus on the team of plus six, four rebounds, two steals, 26 minutes, 15 points. How do you like him now? Rock solid this season, particularly over the last two weeks. Since Lockin went down, you really got to give a strong credit to Oguama and Kalui Zikpe. Oguama, since the, and by the way, Oguama has started every game since the Wichita State game. Didn't score, <clears throat> excuse me, in his first two starts. All right, well, since the two lane game, last four games, 16, 18, 6, 15, gone up from three and a half points a game to five points per game. Field goals over his last four games. Six of ten, nine of nine, two of three, seven of seven. I mean, that is 24 of 31. I'm sorry, 24 of 29. 24 of 29 from the field. Rebounds, 13, 5, 9, and 4. What he's doing right now, these are admirable efforts from your two big men. From your two big men who are absolutely carrying this team in the post. What did we say going into the season was a big question mark for the Bearcats? Post depth, interior depth, front court depth. They got it now. Excuse me. They got that now. And that's only going to be more beneficial when Victor Locken returns. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears to the hardwood. I'm going to give you my best case and worst case scenarios for Bearcats football in 2023. I'll do all that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious stone on all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, when you where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built with Built Healthy. It's actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution, though. What makes Bill? Are we still making New Year's resolutions and it's President's Day? What makes Bill Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box. Our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Best case scenario for Bearcats football in 2023. And here's the thing. As an optimist, what we do is we think of the best case scenario and then we only think better 
we say, well, best case is they go six and six. Well, hey, maybe they can go seven and five or eight and four. Oh, hey, maybe they can go. We keep getting better and better and better. At some point, you got to be realistic, though. Now, I am an optimist. And that's why I think best case scenario, and I do think the Bearcats could go eight and four this year. Best case scenario is this. Best case scenario is you're ahead of schedule after year one in the Big 12. Best case scenario is you've answered a majority, if not all, of the questions coming into year one of the Big 12 and the Scott Satterfield era. Best case scenario is you are in contention for a conference championship into the month of November, into mid-November. Best case scenario is what we've been enjoying the last five years. And as Bearcat fans, we have enjoyed the last five years this team being in contention to play for a conference championship into the month of November. 2018, Bearcats were in it until they lost to Central Florida. 2019, they won the Eastern Division of the American Athletic Conference. 2020, they won the conference championship. 2021, they repeated. Last year, they came within a drop pass from playing for a conference championship. By the way, that would have been their third straight conference championship at Nippert Stadium. So we're used to that. Best case scenario going into the Big 12, Power 5, is that you are playing for a shot at a conference championship berth into November. If the Bearcats home game on November 4th against Central Florida is for or has a lot riding on it, that is a best case scenario. Rivalry game, revenge game from last year, and you have the opportunity to continue the pursuit of playing for a conference championship because it's not going to be easy. I mean, even teams like Oklahoma, who I think, I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year, top 10 recruiting class, and a full offseason now under Brent Venables. Oklahoma's not guaranteed anything. With 14 teams instead of 10 last year, 14 are going to vie for two spots in the conference championship game. Are you kidding me? That's not easy. But look at a team like LSU. Look at LSU last year. What were your expectations for them year one? Well, be competitive and don't get embarrassed by Alabama. Well, they beat Alabama. And not only that, in the SEC West, and yes, the SEC has 14 teams. But LSU only had to go through seven teams, yet they had to go through Alabama and Ole Miss, and they beat them both. They beat them both. They beat Alabama. You're one under Brian Kelly. They're ahead of schedule. Not only did they sort of get back to being competitive or where they were pre-Joe Burrow, but they won the SEC West, which is a tough division. So best case scenario is the Bearcats, I mean, the Bearcats are going to be one of 14 teams vying for two spots in the conference championship. I don't know who's going to go next year. Because... Is TCU going to be able to have the same success this year as they did last year? Is Kansas State going to be able to have the same success as they did last year? None of us know what's going to happen. We don't know if Oklahoma is actually going to be that much better. How good is Texas going to be? How do the other three teams in the conference make that transition? As long as the Bearcats are playing meaningful football games in November, And they have you, as a fan, caught up in the race to the championship. 
into November. That is what matters to me. That's my best case scenario for you. Worst case scenario is this. You go through spring and summer. And the week leading up to Oklahoma. First ever Big 12 game. Years in the making. You're finally in the Big 12. And then you get your doors blown off 38 to 10. And I'm not saying that's not going to happen. It could happen. I don't think it will. But you lose 38 to 10. And it's like, here's your dose of reality. Then you go to BYU and you get run over there. And now all of a sudden you come back home and you're 0-2 in the Big 12 and you're in the bye week and you can't do anything about it. And let me tell you this. Here's what I think is going to happen. The Cincinnati Bearcats will get more coverage next year. I think. Because they're in a Power 5 conference. And because they play in a metropolitan area. And because the fan base has grown significantly. And because of what this program has accomplished over the last five years. They will get more coverage next year. I I will cover them more in depth. Because now I'll be the host of a daily podcast on my alma mater. And they're in the Power 5 conference. How about that? And even though this city, even though this city is dominated by the Bengals, always has been, always will be. Yes, the Reds had their heydays in the 70s and 1990. Football's king. And even when the Bengals are terrible, they're still running this city. Because of how football is a year-round sport. Lance McAllister had a great point two weeks ago. Why is football the most watched sport in America? Because it fits perfectly within our schedules. That was such a great point. It's once a week, the build-up to the season, the build-up every week, it's palpable. I feel it. You feel it. Even in the offseason, we're talking football. Mock drafts, your mean mock schedules. I I mean, we're doing everything. You're watching NFL Network every day. You're watching old games. Imagine going in, imagine all the hype surrounding the Bearcats. And you go into the Big 12 and you drop your first two games. And you have a bye week and you can't do a darn thing about it. There will be some criticism. There will be. And then worst case scenario, you finish three and six or worse in the Big 12. And you go through the season. And you still have all these questions heading into year two. About Satterfield. About the play calling about the roster, about everything. You don't want to be in that situation. Luckily, I don't think the Bearcat the Bearcats will be. Because on tomorrow's show, I'm going to tell you why you should have a little more faith in Scott Satterfield. That, that was terrible. I'm going to tell you why you should have more faith in Scott Satterfield. And I've got some numbers to back it up. And hopefully by the end of tomorrow's episode... You will have more faith in Scott Satterfield. Still working on how Russ Heldman and I are going to do our live room this week because Wednesday we do have a game. The Bearcats hosting Temple, which we will both be at. Looking forward to that. Thursday we will recap the Temple game. And then on Friday, looking ahead to Memphis. A huge showdown next Sunday. And Bearcats baseball with a huge series next week 
against the Florida Gators. How about that? That series, excuse me, will be, I believe, in Gainesville. Yes, number seven Gators Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, great weekend for Cincinnati. At the time of this recording, the Bearcats took two out of three from Georgia State. They were leading the second game of Saturday's doubleheader. Um, last time I checked at the time of this recording, still no word on that game on Saturday. Um, Bearcats baseball did tweet that it was a fluid situation, so we'll see what happens there um, with that game. Excuse me. But as always, thanks for making Locked on Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball Experts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked on College Basketball, available Excuse me, on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter. At Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore an email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow, right here on Lockdown Bearcats.